Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Well, we are in a series that I have just thoroughly enjoyed. Our, our team has had a great time with, with coming up with some, some ways for us to be able to connect this idea that, that our perception of life is determined by, by whatever filters we're looking through. It's just the truth. That's the way it is. You can't stop it. We have filters. If you're raised in the South, you have a Southern filter. Everybody who came here from the North goes, yes, you do. You have a Southern filter. First bunch of us uh, Southerners go up North, there's a northern filter. It is different. We went, uh, Cutie and I went out, of, uh, went out of town for my birthday recently, and, and we uh, Googled about some of the best um, pizza. And we prefer the, the New York-style thin crust floppy pizza, not the Chicago big old pie type stuff, like the regular good old pizza. So we went to this place. It's supposed to be one of the best uh, pizza places in San Antonio, and it's... And it's these people that are authentic New Jersey people. Well, you go in and you make your order, and they seem halfway irritated that you're there. I'm like, this is your restaurant. But you're standing up, and they're like, we didn't spit it right out. We're staring at the menu. And they're like, you going to order? Yeah, that's why we came. We want to want some pizza. And so as we went, well, my wife, my little southern wife, is used to some more Chick-fil-A type. Patience, it's my pleasure. Can I refresh your beverage? It's a beautiful day. And so that's what she's used to. So it was a little bit, and I had to tell her. I said, they're from New Jersey, baby. Oh, all of a sudden it was like, all right, I get it. You're not rude. You're just from another planet. It's okay. It's okay. You still don't understand how things work down here in the South. And we all have, we all, we all have our filters. We just do. We have our view of things. And so much of us being able to empathize with one, with one another is trying to get each other, in each other's shoes and empathize with the other person. And be able to see what maybe is their perspective. But ultimately what we want to do is be able to try to get God's perspective for our lives. Which is why we started week one with the fact that we need the Jesus lens. We had the fun with the red glasses and the the little bit of a hidden message in there. And and we've just trekked along. I really appreciate y'all humoring me last week and doing the balloon thing and releasing the balloon thing. And and that was just, just so powerful to see that that anxiety fear lens can get in our way. But today what we want to look at is is this fact that we need to understand that there is truth out there. But there's also, there's an an enemy, a liar, Satan, who's the accuser of the brethren. That he comes in and his arsenal, all he has at his disposal is lies. That's it. That's all he's got. And in our environment, there's all sorts of lies swirling around that we buy into all the time. And if we don't let the lens of the truth come in and make the definition of what is truth for us, we can 
We can be robbed. We can, we can be cheated and not even recognize it because sometimes just living in the environment can have its toll. Just being in a place where the truth is not as clear as it should be. Remember Adam and Eve started out and they bought into a lie. We've been buying into lies over and over again, and every time we buy into a lie, it alienates us from God, who is truth. Every time we embrace one, we alienate ourselves. We, we push this wedge in there, and it always comes in. All those lies come into conflict with us being able to connect with God. And sometimes they, it feels like they happen innocent enough. Through this series, I've used a couple of stories on my pawpaw. I love telling pawpaw stories just because they're funny. And my papa is a crack up, and so, and uh, he's 84 years old. He was with us here last week, and and uh, I told uh, I told my, you know, my papa. I said, uh, I said, papa, you're sure looking good. And he says, well, that's what my wife says. And I was like, you go, papa. And so it's just kind of the guy he is. But they've been together since they were about 14 years old, and so they've been together a long, long time. And my papa one day was telling, telling us a story. And he grew up in, in a time where, where things were, when people were poor, they were genuinely poor. I mean, they actually swept out a chicken coop and lived in a chicken coop because that was the only place they could find to live. And that dirt floors and, and were happy to have something that kept the rain off of them. And that was, just, that was just a different kind of hard life than the hard life we understand. And anyways, and so sleeping, you know, Bless God, my kids all have their own bed. You know, they, the only time they bunk up is when they want to. But my papa, he had to had siblings, and they would share a bed. And some of that was necessity, so they could stay warm. And he said in the wintertime, he was telling the story about him being the, being the middle, so he slept in the middle. So he had his brothers on one on each side of him, and in the winter they'd get real cold, and they'd grab the covers and tuck in tight and roll over, and the other one would roll over. My papa said that all of a sudden then, then the, 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 the blanket is flat and it's just letting the air in. And he's just sitting there freezing and he's telling this story. And all of a sudden my meemaw pops up and goes, Joe, that's my story. That didn't happen to you. That happened to me. And he's like, well, mama, I guess that did happen to you. So there was this truth that got hijacked. And somehow turned into a lie. And there was this element of truth that's there. And that's what becomes so difficult for us sometimes is because there can be this place. And that's why we have to default to let God, who understands truth and lie, who understands us better than we understand ourselves. And, and we choose as Christ followers. As Christ followers, we say, God, I'm going to let you define truth for me. I'm going to let you do it. Why? Because we keep coming back to this Romans 12 too. Don't, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the problem is that our culture, our society has these, these, these places of these lies that are embedded in there. And they come in and they begin to carry us in an unhealthy direction. And we have to let the Spirit of God bring the truth to us. So that our minds can genuinely be renewed. Because then we're going to be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, His pleasing, and His perfect will. Prior to our understanding 
and having the truth come in and be our paradigm, we're going to try to see God's good, pleasing, and perfect will through the lens of a lie. And it's not going to line up. So we have to let God renew our minds. Let's look at John 1, 14 through 18. It says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus was full of grace and truth. That's why we can dare to be honest and let the Holy Spirit speak into our lives and show us the places that don't line up and aren't Christ-like. Why? Because those are places where there's truth that's there. They don't line up. But there's this truth that also is there that he's there that brings the, the grace that's all intermixed. It's not like full of grace and truth, like oil and water, and somehow there's this bottle and you got some grace on top and some and some truth over here. No, they're fully mixed. You can't separate the grace and the truth. They're the, they're together in the person of Jesus. And that's why we can trust him. Why? Because he's never picking on us or messing with us when he's showing us that there's a better way to think and there's a better way to live and there's a better, there are better life choices out there than the ones that we're currently making. It's not full of condemnation and guilt. It's a place that's full of life and grace. And that's why we can fully trust God. Why? Because he loves us and he's for us. He's full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me surpasses me because he was before me. Golly, that's just so powerful all by itself. That will warp your mind. One of his, <clears throat> out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. He's just, with him, that's another translation says we've received grace upon grace. He just layers it on. He just puts it on. It's just grace upon grace. Reminds me of my kids going to the, to the place where you can get your, all your ice cream mixed in and there's no limits. And you're like, do you want this? Yep. You want this? Yep. Just put it all in there. It's all, it's grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. We don't have to be afraid of the truth. The old line from the movie, you can't handle the truth, is not right. In Christ, we can handle the truth. We need the truth. We need the fullness of the truth. So many times we think that we need to hide from it. God, just give me your grace, but I don't, I don't want your truth. Your truth kind of scares me and kind of intimidates me. They're not separated. They're all together. The t- places where you are hiding from the truth of God, you are discounting and hiding from some of the grace of God as well. They are that intermixed. You are stonewalling that. we got to let his truth come in. For no one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who, him, who is himself God, is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. See, Jesus defined who God truly is. That's why we started with the Jesus lens. Jesus separates the, the false ideas about God from, from what is true about God. 
And all of us come in with this mixed bag where we recognize and we, that we hear that God loves us and then we have these other things in there that, that, that we go, you know what, well, that doesn't seem very loving. And so we have all of this stuff that needs to be separated out and Jesus does that. We need to be reminded that if our view of God does not line up with a good viewing of the Jesus lens, then our view of God needs to change. Jesus has come to reveal the Father, to reveal Him to us. And here, as we move forward, this is where it kind of all begins. First off, we've got to trust that God knows the truth, even when it comes in conflict with our own experience. And I tell you what, this is, where, this is a hard one. The Word tells us that we walk by faith and not by faith sight. So many times we would think that there would be this counter thing that we walk by faith and not by doubt or we walk by faith and not by fear. It's not. What's on the other side of faith isn't fear and doubt and all that. It's sight. It's what we are convinced of in our own experience. And then we grab a hold of our experience instead of grabbing a hold of God. Let's look at an encounter where this took place. Let's look at Luke chapter 5, verses 3 through, through 8. And it says, And he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, who we also know as Peter, um, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. And then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. Jesus, creator of everything, understood physics, Mr. Russ. He understood that he could use that water as an amplifier and he could speak and have his voice waves travel and use that natural amphitheater there on the seaside and borrows Peter's boat, goes out and he speaks and uses that natural water amphitheater. And then when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Master, here's my experience. I'm a fisherman. Remember when we met, you saw me out there and you said, hey, I wanna, I'll make you fishers of men. Remember, I, I, I'm a fisherman. I know I'm pretty sure you can build a chair. I'm pretty sure you can build a table. You're a carpenter's son. I get that. But I, I'm the fisherman here. And he says, we've. We, <clears throat> that, uh, we haven't caught anything. We fished all night. But here is the trust moment. Peter has his personal experience. His personal experience says that doing this is a waste of time. And he goes ahead and lets Jesus know. I kind of think this is a waste of time. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. That place of tension between our experience and the word of God has to always come to that phrase. But because you say so. God, because you say so, then this is the direction I'm going to go. Maybe you don't feel like forgiving again. But because he says so. That there is life. No, forgiveness hurts. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to think about that. But because you say so, I'm going to trust that life is on the other side of confronting this painful issue. 
God, I don't know how things are going to come together. But because you say so. There's so many areas of life that that applies to. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. All of a sudden, he had a very different experience. Very different experience. He went from nothing on his own, said, because you say so, and now his experience is his boat so full that it's about to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and says, go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. All of a sudden, Peter has a whole other issue. He now, all of a sudden, and aware of his sinness, he wants to alienate God, which again happens in the garden too. That's our natural pattern. We feel sinful and we want to pull away. But here is the point. We must not let our life experience tell us what is the truth, but let God's truth give us a new life experience. He was trying to let life experience tell Jesus, this is what it was, did it all night. But he let God's word bring him a brand new experience, something he had never, ever, ever had. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Again, we walk by faith and not by sight. This beginning place of letting the truth comes in, let it come in and change the way we think, is when our life experience comes in conflict. We go with what God says, not our life experience. Here's another truth that we always need to understand or else it, this will, our, it will cloud and all other lies will slip, slip in behind it. That the truth that God simply wants a relationship with you is the foundational truth. If you don't believe that with all your heart, then all these other lies are going to come in. But that he wants you, that he loves you, that he's for you. He wants a relationship with you. Let's look at Luke 10, verse 38. It says, And as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. So here's Martha opening her home. It's her house. It's her abode. She's let Jesus in. She recognizes that there's something amazing and special about Jesus. Her sister's there. Jesus is speaking. Mary is just sitting at Jesus' feet, listening. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had been, that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. You need a balloon. <laughs> you need to let some stuff go, girl. You are now completely seeing me through all of your anxiety, upset, worried about many things filter. You're worried about many things. But few things are needed. Or indeed, only one. 
Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Did those things maybe could be done, need to be done? The tidying up, the different stuff that need to be taken care of? Maybe so. Maybe nobody was going to come in and snap pictures for better homes and gardens of her house at that moment. But Jesus was there. Jesus was there. He was already there. She didn't have to do a bunch of stuff to usher in his presence. He was already there. And she got so in a tizzy, she went back to her anxiety moment. She went back to all of this. Why? Because she had bought into three lies, and we see them presented when she speaks to Jesus. The first lie is, does he really care? This is why we have to understand that the foundational truth is that God wants a relationship with us. He cares about us. She opens up and says, Lord, don't you care? Any time that's ever been said to Jesus, it was not an accurate statement. Jesus never once said, yeah, I pretty much don't give a rip. Pretty much don't care. You nailed it. See ya. Never was the person who said, don't you care. Never were they right. Ever. They were never right. Why? Because he cares. The next lie that she bought into is that the work itself was what was most important. You know what? I, I could potentially be upset that we I forgot a wire. If I thought that the work itself was what was most important. I could walk out of here today and go, man, I just made a fool of myself and messed up the service because I forgot a wire. But that's not what's most important. We took a little break. We plugged in the wire so you could hear what needs to be heard. And we went on. So many times we get in this. And, and once we begin to have a relationship with God, we can turn it into some sort of work thing. Please read your Bible so that you can know God. Know that's not so that you can get your three chapters in and know, God, you, you saw me do it, didn't you? I know you saw me read. I'm reading. I got my three in. I'm going to read five on Sunday and get through this thing in a year again for you because you like it. All of a sudden, we turn it into the work. Everything should be about relationship. Your prayer life should be about relationship. Your, your time and study in the Word should be about relationship. Your service to God should be about relationship. I so loved it as one of our young volunteers has been volunteering about six weeks. Man, I, I, he just came up to me and, and told me. I was going to tell him thank you. And he's like, he's like, Pastor Brandon, I love this. This is wonderful. I get to hang out with a bunch of great people and make these connections. These guys come in and we, we plug things in most of the time and, and we get stuff done. And then there's this beautiful hangout time where we get to fellowship and connect and, and make, make relationships. Why? Because that is what's most important. And then the third lie she bought into is that I should be able to use God to force, to, <clears throat> to get my will forced on someone else. Whew. Oh my gosh, how many times have we gone to prayer to use God to get our will forced on somebody else? Lord, make my wife do this. I've never prayed that, dear, ever. 
That's just, that was an example. I've never done that. Lord, make my wife forgive me just now. Lord, make my boss give me a raise. Lord, make people begin to appreciate me. Lord, do this. Lord, do that. She says, she makes a command to Jesus, tell her to help me. I'm telling you, God, to tell her to help me. So many times we can have this relate because we think all of a sudden we turn God into this genie in a bottle so that we can get what we want. We've turned everything around. God wants to bless us. He's proven that. If he gave Jesus, he'll give us anything. We don't have to do it. We can live in a place of relationship. These lies come in there and they distort our connection with God. And as we close down, I want us to understand this. The lies we believe will always, always, always separate us from the truth that frees your freedom and whatever you're dealing with exists right on the other side of you letting God come in and bring a new truth to your mind. It is just so true. John 8, 31 says, To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you've heard it, now make it your own. That's what that hold means. You get back to the Greek, it's it's make it your own, embrace it, call it yours. If you hold to my teaching, that's my truth now become your truth. Then you're really my disciples and you'll know the truth and that truth will set you free. The truth that you let him reveal to you is the truth that frees. I get it. Our band is coming right now, we got a song we want to do. And I get it. That sometimes we find ourselves in this place. That all of a sudden the lies that we grew up with, the lies that somebody spoke to us, the lies that got implanted, the the life experience, all of this stuff comes in and they bring this new truth that isn't the truth at all. And it messes everything up. In that moment, we have to make a decision that we're going to go to Him.
that is it. There will over and over again, as you grow, as you walk, there's going to be this place of tension. This place of tension between just the, the, the mess of life and all of our experience and all this and the beautiful truth of who he is and what he's, what he's done for us. That there are blessings and a new and different life in Christ that's different, substantially different from the one that's lived all around us, but is just as real because of what Christ has provided. And when we come into a place of that tension, we have to run to Him. We have to. Otherwise, we'll continue to live in that place of a lie. I want to come back to where we began This concept that Jesus is the truth. And John 14, 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. This is not some sort of an exclusionary statement. It's the truth. Jesus came to provide a way to the Father. Jesus came. To be able to show us that he loves us and he's for us. That he will do everything he possibly can to reconcile us to himself. It's done in Christ. The lies that we have to work for it. The lies that somehow our sin has made us a place that we're, we're on the, the receiving end of God's rage and anger and hatred. It's not the truth. The truth is he loves you. That is the foundational truth. And we can grow in every other truth that you'll find in the scriptures and the Holy Spirit brings alive. You can grow in every one of those when you understand what God has done on your behalf in Christ. I'm still growing in truth. I'm going to continue to grow in truth. I pray, God, in any place that I'm off, anything I don't understand right, Lord, bring me into a clear understanding. But I believe this starting point, that his truth and his love is, is our foundation. He loves you. Oh, he loves you. Our bottom line today is that freedom is found. We will run to the truth of God's grace. That's where it is. That's where it is. So I want us to create a little holy moment here. 
And if you're here this morning, before we get into the place of those who are ready to embrace Jesus as, as Savior, place their faith in Him. There are a bunch of you that have already done that. You're Christ followers. But some of you have been really at war. That the Holy Spirit has been speaking you, guiding you into some new truth. Some decisions you need to make. Some stuff that needs to be dealt with. But your life experience and all this other stuff, even counsel from other people, keeps pushing you away from the truth of God. And this morning, in a place of clarity and understanding, I want to pray over you. That you're able to embrace that truth and step into a new place of freedom like never before. I've been praying for breakthroughs for people all week long. I've been praying that, that God, is, is His truth is going to so come in and blow the dust of all the other lies and mess out of the way and you're able to fully embrace it. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you that Jesus came full of grace and truth. And Lord, we don't have to be afraid of the truth. We don't have to hide ourselves from the truth. The truth is you love us and you're for us and you, through your Holy Spirit, are remaking us, renewing us and bringing us into the fullness of the image of your Son where our humanity is restored, where we're put back to original design. Lord, we say yes to that. We say yes to that. Lord, I pray for those this morning that are, have been struggling, struggling with a decision, struggling with a mindset. And I thank you, Lord, that your truth comes in and they just lay the struggle aside and they embrace your truth right now. They run to it. And I just thank you, Heavenly Father, for that. I thank you for doing it right now. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.